0: Welcome to See Me After Class, this is a podcast by two New Zealand secondary school teachers based in the Southern Alps of New Zealand.
1: We operate out of classrooms that look out over the most stunning mountain ranges in the bottom of the South Island.
0: And it's my pleasure to introduce Renée Plunkett, who is a fourth year English teacher
1: And sitting here with me is Chris Waugh, a teacher with 17 years under his belt from both overseas and here in New Zealand.
0: And Renee, apart from being a teacher, is also an avid gardener.
1: And Chris also enjoys triathlon.
0: This podcast is about the day-to-day realities and joys and sometimes horrors of our teaching experience in the classroom. So we invite you to listen in and we invite you to give us feedback on what you hear. This is... See Me After Class Welcome along to episode 28, it's term 4 and week 1 and this is See Me After Class and hello Renee
1: Hello Chris, welcome back to school
0: Oh yes, back to school, (laughs) we've been back for a week and I feel like the holidays disappeared into the past so fast hasn't it But how was your holiday?
1: Oh Chris, my holiday was great, I spent the first week um spending some time with my family uh, mm-hmm. and my husband's family. And we did a bit of Marie Kondo uh, tidy up at my in-law's place, which was really fun. I find it really satisfying at the end when you look back at the garage and it's all empty and neatly packed. I, um, I love the
0: idea that you went to your mother-in-law's house and threw all her stuff out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to clarify, I did have permission, so we're yeah. okay there. But it was, um, it was quite entertaining and it was definitely, you know, that, I don't know textbook in law moment i suppose that sometimes you read about but um that was really nice i got to catch up with my mum and my dad my sister as well um which is always good and then i just spent the second week spending time at home in my garden um i donned my wet weather gear out there a couple of days because it poured with rain and i just didn't want to give up my time out there so um i had a lovely second week as well so yeah that's awesome
0: and we had our um cycling club event the you did did the, the, the junior tour of Southland and that went really well the yeah. students were really impressive and it was properly hard and so they really pushed themselves it was wonderful to be there for that and lots of parents were around as well so had lots of those kinds of conversations that I really like to have that was sort of a captive audience so while the kids are <laughs> out on their rides I did my talk about school thing with all of them which was pretty great <laughs> Um, awesome. so I think they were okay with it and, um, and then in the second week actually Ivan and I decided to go on holiday so it's sort of <gasps> inspired by what you said to me in the last podcast about you know having to pay attention to him a little bit and so um, I'm not sure whether you said it in the podcast or after the podcast I but can't, anyway the, I can
1: I said it somewhere
0: <laughs> but we went to Hokitika and that period of rain that you're talking about obviously on the west coast of New Zealand South Island was torrential. So we <laughs> were essentially in this little chalet by the beach in the torrential rain for a few days and it was it couldn't have been better. I just loved it. It was great and it was a really great opportunity to do nothing and read. Actually something I did which I quite enjoyed was um, I reread most of The Book Thief which I've taught to my level two students this year and I annotated it in the light of all the work we've done this year so that I could provide them with a series of um, selected quotations to use for their own study and preparation. And I found that process really interesting. I I think it was actually great rereading it after teaching it this year because I, Mm. I really did have a clear sense of the sorts of quotes and the sort of ideas I was trying to reinforce. And our work last week, in revision phase where we ex- explored the use of those quotations went really well because I felt very secure in my use and selection of those quotes.
1: Mm. I saw that post come up on your blog and I had a we scroll through and I thought to myself that you've definitely, there's been something, so you've had to have done something quite substantial to get this kind of material organised for them but it was very impressive. Um, and I, I'm doing something, I guess I, I haven't reread the entirety of Frankenstein, but my class and I have been rereading sections of the novel together yep. and um, and doing all those sorts of things. And you're right, it's it's so, um, it's just quite affirming at the end, once you've studied it all, to go back and look back into the text and say, yeah, these things are really there and this is how they're presented. So Actually, yeah. it's,
0: that's right. It is wonderful, isn't it? And that, yeah. that was the thing, I, 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 I read the book thief last summer or in fact I to be honest scanned it last summer after having read it years ago prepared for the teaching we worked on it in class where I was working on sections of it myself but a full reading needed to happen on my side of things but also I was thinking about the modeling side of it like I am telling the students they must reread material before the Mm. exam so I went through the process of doing that myself and i definitely understood the value of it but I also I have a feeling that the influence that I have on them by doing that too when I'm asking them to do it it's they're more likely to do anything I think that we ask them to do if we model it for them. And yes. I've been doing heaps of modelling in the classroom when it comes to exam answering. Um, we've got these nice projectors which we connect up to our computers wirelessly so we can, I can sit facing the class or mm-hmm. in amongst them I can be typing our uh, kind of collaboratively written work. It appears on the board for everyone to see and that just kind of close... Uh, decision making over every sentence and organizing ideas it's such a nice collaborative writing exercise and then they go mm. off and do their own version I've been really enjoying this that work the kind of culmination of the year work and the and, mm. the and the detailed and hopefully insightful sophisticated analysis of the of the primary text for the year it's been great and the and the level twos I have have taken to it really well it's I don't imagine they find it the most fun but I imagine they get a sense of kind of background satisfaction from the fact that they know what they're talking about
1: Mm, we're in quite a nice position you and I um, in this final term where all of our internal assessment is finished for our level two classes and we do have this time to really work through some of those nitty-gritty ideas with our students and revisit a lot of the material that we've um, explored this year I've really enjoying it with my class so i
0: can imagine
1: that you have been too but what else what else is your classes but have your classes been up to this week
0: well we also have an um our assessment national assessment program a a assessment tool called significant connections which allows us to ask our students to draw together some coherent threads across a range of texts and I consider that in a lot of ways to be the culmination of work for a lot of my mm. students in a lot of my courses. So one class, my uh, level one class who whose primary text was Macbeth and the unifying idea was the, was the exploration of ambition, they had they've been doing uh, speech presentations of their significant connections. so they're, they're, um, they've been coming in and pre- with a prepared presentation, essentially a seminar where they discuss, four texts that they've read this year and how each of those illuminates them in the relation to the notion of ambition and the and the humor and sophistication and and uh, I don't know the passion that they've shown for the work and f- the way that they've managed to develop these really impressive ideas has just been so good it's been so good and um I've been quite proud and often quite moved at what they've achieved and written in and, and then presented to the class and in in that project so i'm feeling very happy about it really happy about it how that's about you so
1: aw- that's so awesome i um i can i can kind of just coming back to the modeling thing there i can imagine how passionate they will be because i've seen how passionate you are when you speak to your classes and so they've had quite a good model for how to deliver this kind of information i think this year which will have really set them up i did have Um, an interesting
0: chat about that with uh, yeah got this shared assistant teacher Anna. she was in she was in that class and we were talking about how impressive the kids were and then we were talking about how so much of my teaching and learning programs involve me standing at the front of the yeah. class, interacting with them, but very much delivering a lot of ideas and and, and sharing my perspective on things and modelling thought processes and analysis. And there's a, there's a lot of me in a lot of the teaching. And, and she and I talked about how that's sort of not in vogue at the moment. But when they got up and they started speaking. She said she could f- hear the resonances mm. of the teaching, the, the, I, the ways that things were framed and the kind of ideas that were developed together as a class. And, and we both agreed that while students do need to actively engage in things in order to learn, like they can't just passively be in a room while someone else mm. is delivering knowledge to them. When it comes to trying to construct sophisticated responses to complex material, they also need to be shown how to do it, and then ne- yep. there needs to be a balance between those things. And um, and I definitely don't have any difficulty with the idea that at you know the age of fifteen that their literary analysis runs along the same kind of patterns as the as the analysis that. I've offered them as exemplars. I think it's actually very healthy for them and I think it provides them with security. And with mm. that security, obviously, they've really flown.
1: Yes, no, I can... I can I, I'm can. looking forward to maybe peeking at some of the speeches um, when you've got them... Recorded, oh, yes. but, I actually need yeah. to share a
0: couple with you <laughs> because I need, <laughs> need you to monitor. check the markings. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm really yes. looking forward to that because yeah. I can just imagine how they are um, possibly coming across. I have been working on Significant Connections with my Level 1 class as well. Cool. Um, they put theirs together in a, written, in a written formal essay. Yep. Um, and I've been really impressed with how they've just handled the individual thinking aspect of this assessment they've really like you like i mean there's so much of our teaching that's around discussion and and developing these ideas with the kids but then it's another thing for them to then come and put that into writing and Mm. i think my class has really well many of my class has really thought about their texts and their connecting ideas we've explored f scott fitzgerald this year um and they've read a few short stories on their own. Our central text has been The Great Gatsby. And so, like there's been a few different um, avenues that some of them have gone down. But one that's been really popular this year is the construct of the golden girl or the perfect woman um, who's just not quite so perfect once you get to know her, um, which has been really exciting to see them sort of. Uh, grapple with and put into their own words and and um, I think I'm going to be really pleased with um, where they end up so that's been really lovely to work with them on that and um, yeah that's where we're at.
0: Cool well I do think that uh, assessment needs to arise from learning and not be the object of learning but I think we both should say to each other with some satisfaction that our students are going to go into their external Mm. examinations in a few weeks time well-prepared, and I I think a lot of that preparation just has to do with the fact that they have learnt a lot and that Mm. will naturally flow into good results in their exams. Um, But now, now that we're in that last couple of weeks of their class term time, we're moving into some very, very, uh, structured revision, and actually something we're doing next week. We thought we'd talk about on this podcast together because we essentially have to plan it today anyway. Yes, <laughs> um, we might do the planning together. So what we've come up with: um, one of the classes in our uh, across all of our year levels actually one um, has sort of disintegrated, and we have to find a way of supporting these students who don't really aren't really getting the support they need to prepare for their exams. And so what we've decided to do is to use uh, established practice that I've used before where we do a revision program, but we deliver it and and work with it with a a group en masse. So um, Mm. starting next week for level one and level two at least, we're going to put all of the students in the year level in one room, <laughs> mm. <laughs> one very large room, there'll be over a hundred of them, and um, we'll be teaching the, uh, uh, taking them through this really structured revision practice that we do. So I thought we should talk about what that is. We're going to focus mm. initially on the unfamiliar text paper for English, which essentially is a paper where the students are provided with texts, three of them, of different text types. They're short and they don't know what they are until they enter the exam. So they they encounter the texts in in the exam and then they're asked to respond to those texts by explaining how ideas are developed within them by answering a question. And it's a a language-based exercise where they both look at the meaning of the text and also look at how through language that meaning is reinforced or developed. So what I thought we could do is we get them all in there and we set it up in the with the kind of formality you would expect from an exam but on the subject of modeling what we'll do with them I think is slow time down and Mm. go through every step of the exam process in terms of how you would ideally approach it and I don't just mean how to answer the questions. I also mean how to manage every aspect of sitting in the exam room. So uh, we'll talk about the equipment that you need on board. We'll talk about the way that you should read the question and read the exam paper and examine the questions for the kind of uh, the technical instructions on how to answer, like where do you write your answer (laughs) and Hmm. what sort of (laughs) limits are there on the length or uh, what sort of... Kind of, much which time. which paper do you write your answer into and, yeah. and yeah. how many of the questions do you answer and how much time should it take you to yes. answer that and how much time should you allocate to reading the text before you answer the question and should you read the question before you start reading the text or should you leave it to afterwards or etc, etc like the whole kind of uh, approach to sitting the exam as well as applying the knowledge and then once we've sort of done that kind of meta examination process with them and explained it from the front of the room. I thought we'd do a, a slow motion over three periods, so one component of the paper per period so essentially a one- hour paper done over three hours is we we'll, uh, we'll, we'll read the text aloud, we'll read the question, We'll ask them to make an attempt at answering the question, and then once they've done that, we will provide them with the components that we would expect to see in that question, but not at the end of their writing. What I suggest we do is we start with them, say, having five minutes of the, say, 25 minutes they have to answer it, and then... In five minutes in, say, by now, you should have, and then explain to Mm. them the kind of component that they should have started with, what should already be on the page, and Mm. then make some suggestions about the content that could come next, but also leave them some freedom to make their own choices. And then after another five or 10 minutes, say, in your first paragraph, you should have, and in that, we'll be able to say things like, you should have copied an example from the source text you should have made a reference to the main or overall idea of the text and then you should have explained how that example helped to strengthen that idea through the technology of language so what language effect is being used here and how did that effect contribute to the wider whole now paragraph two Choose a new example, do the mm. same thing again and just do it all, all the way through, kind of verbally reinforcing the things they should do, but asking them to actually do it so that by the end of the pe- each period, they'll have done one third of the paper, one one answer on each of the uh, short texts that they're asked to respond to. And I think by slowing the process down and walking them through with direct and explicit instructions but having them actually physically do it is a really good way to help them to learn how to apply the knowledge we know they have to the exam as an uh, exercise. It's mm. a, it's, it's a, and it reminds me, I mean, where this came from actually is from, again, we often see these connections between sport and uh, <laughs> school. But before a triathlon event, One of the things that we do with our crew is that we'll often do a walkthrough of the whole triathlon because one of the things about a triathlon, much like an exam, is that there's multiple components and lots of extraneous uh, features that have to be in place in order for you to have a fluent time within the event. So the idea is that we're trying to get with the kids in triathlon to the point where a lot lot of the technical aspects of it become automatically and where um, they where they've, they've pre thought about it all, so that they don't have to make too many decisions in the moment. And that's what I'm thinking we're doing here, is we're helping them to bring this the approach to answering in the exam to a level of automaticity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so automaticity, that's it. Um, there you go. Where um, where they they don't have to be. Uh, Making, uh, making decisions about their navigation yeah. through the paper and instead they can pay most of their attention to the text itself and what yes, meaning and it does have. And, and, yeah. and, that, that, and uh, having done that in the past, I think that will be really successful for them. Mm. And I think for the kids who are um, s- s- feeling as if they've not had a lot of opportunities to prepare for the exam, that'll be particularly helpful because it'll give them some really concrete ideas about how to do it. Plus, because we're guiding them as they go, they'll feel successful because they'll mm. actually be writing for themselves model answers, which is another example, another useful thing for them to have is a sort of having seen themselves able to actually produce meaningful answers to the questions that would succeed in the exam, gives them the confidence to know that they could reproduce that without the scaffolding. Mm. What do you reckon?
1: I'm really excited to see how this kind of operates. I've got this... Um, vision in my head of you know the mass hall of students and they all sort of work through do this part now do this sort of thing now this this like that. it's really structured which is an approach I don't think I use as often as I possibly could um, I've never sat down and walked through very directly a paper with my class I think that we do I do bits of that from time to time um, but I think that this is going to be s- very beneficial for, for my students, your students and these kids that just need a bit of extra support at the moment. Um, logistically, I guess, Chris, how are we going to run this? Are we printing papers for Monday morning or what? <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. We'll have to. I, I want. I think one of the advantages, one of the ways to make this work best is to make it as close as possible to the real thing. Yes. So I will actually print papers and answer booklets and it'll look like the exam so that they, because mm. the, the idea essentially is that when they bu- finally get to the exam, that there's as little as possible that's unfamiliar, that the whole yep. thing feels familiar to them and they know how to make their decisions as they go through. And part of yeah. that means that, you know, while I while I have worked exclusively online all year, part of this <laughs> will be actually printing and having Haider. them handwrite their answers because that's part of the kind of making it as closely aligned as possible to the actual exam experience as we can get it. Yeah. So we'll absolutely. definitely do that. And um, we'll definitely set it up like an exam hall with all the tables and lines and separate from each other. And we'll ask them to make sure that they've um, put their phones in their bags and, you know, removed all those possible distractions uh, distractions from the room. And um, obviously, they can also ask questions as they go. Mm. But I have found in doing this before that they are pretty clear a lot of the time. And if we circulate, then we can answer individuals questions that they might Definitely. have as we go and it's often quite a good time to do that
1: I um I spoke to our shared uh, support teacher Anna about this on um Thursday and she because you know she works with my level two class and your level one class she's going to yeah. be at some of these um, oh, cool. sessions she's really excited to see how it all plays out she's um she's yeah she oh, she's fantastic isn't she though she yeah. just she's so interested and engaged with what we're doing and I just mm. love having her in the classroom. But yes, so there's going to be um, sometimes three of us sort of circling around the, the room and, and offering support where it is um, needed.
0: Yeah, I think it's, well, so, so the only um, thing that I find a little intimidating is just the uh, knowledge that for a couple of periods a day next week, I'm going to have to be teaching groups of 100 kids 100 and kids yeah, yeah they're great and I, we love our students but managing an audience it's of that size is a lot it's always hard It's it requires quite it a is. lot of energy so and, yeah. and given that we're also because of the collapse of that class having to do a whole lot of their assessment oh. during our lunch times next week next, <laughs> I'm, <I> just, I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling a little intimidated about the week oh, to come
1: so am I I'm feeling quite apprehensive I said to Jen yeah. last week our boss I said I have to make myself kind of laugh at some of these things or I fear I may cry at just yeah. the thought of what is to come because it, it's going to be a huge week. I think it's really important that we recognise um, that for ourselves and mentally yeah. prepare for how much uh, focus it's going to take because, you yeah. Know,
0: I think There's if you said lot. to I think if you said to anyone in any area of life who has to pre- present to groups of people that they were mm. looking down the barrel of a week where they were going to have to do concentrated, interactive seminars with groups of people from thirty to a hundred hour by hour mm. five five to six hours a day for a week then they would probably <laughs> recognize the, the kind of emotional and, and psychological toll that yeah. they will take so it's gonna be a big one but yes. um, but at the same time this is the last the last stretch really before the students go into the exams and, and we have to make sure we keep balance between all of this technical preparation and also just keeping uh, positive messages going to Mm, the kids about mm. their capacity to do well and um, communicate optimism. When we did our practice exams with them, they had had very little formal preparation for that, which meant that they didn't perform at their best level. And that was what we used to identify the gaps between what they can do and what we need to have them do for the final exams. And we're, we're all our revision from this point forward basically focuses on those gaps. So we're, yeah. we're very ready to use the information we gathered from those practice exams, but we also have to make sure we they realise that they're going to do better
1: Uh, and I I often
0: use the approach where I say you know I've done this before many times now with Mm -hmm. my classes Mm -hmm. and this is how it goes we do practice exams we learn from those and obviously with my classes I always examine their practice papers with them and Mm -hmm. show them where the areas of uh, development need to be and then I say and then following that with a bit of work from you because obviously they have to study they have to learn their quotations and practice their own little papers and their own time and with the structured learning in the classroom students always do better between the practice and the real thing that's what the practice is for and I I keep that narrative very present for them.
1: I do too I think it's really important um it's important for them to understand the difference that that they can or they could expect to see um when you've you know spent maybe a couple of periods revising for the practice exams as opposed to three or four weeks for yeah. their end of year exams, it's a massive, yeah. it's huge, and and the, yeah, like you've said, the difference is that this this revision is targeted to what it is that they need before they walk into that exam hall. Mm. Um, and I think yeah, a big part of a big big part of these three four weeks is just to put their minds at ease and just remind them of how much they actually know. Because look, Chris, at the end of the day, our kids know stuff we've seen it from their exams they know their texts they've just got to kind of bring it all together now and I think that yeah they can they can do that
0: yeah and I and I also talk about the exams as being a kind of a celebration of everything we've done yes. during the year <laughs> rather than a validation of it like everything yep. that we've done during the year and everything they've learned it's with them now mm. anyway they've done that learning that's what they're at school for the the process of examination is really more about as far as I t- as per- certainly in terms of what I communicate to them it's actually more about ensuring that the system is effectively doing its job so you know mm. those examination results as much as anything are am monitoring our own level of performance as teachers and mm. um, at a cohort level making sure that they're making the progress they should and so yeah if I if I kind of try to frame it a little bit differently. And then, of course, they get their records of learning, which show that they have acquired these blocks of knowledge and um, have these skills and that those are the things that they can carry forward as as credentials for the future. I was thinking yeah, I about so. how, you know, we have to do this talking. It's partly because so much of the assessment they do is summative. So it's mm. final. That's mm. why it's so useful to have had the practice exams and so important that we... And I think we in English are particularly f- good at this. We frame them as practices yes. as opposed to, you know, like supplementary summative mm-hmm. assessments. And mm-hmm. so they th- that way they're, they're, they understand that they can experiment in the practice exams and they can also identify a lot that they can learn from rather than having to see every assessment always as a judgment of their performance.
1: Yes, that's kind of the end mark, isn't it? Like they just, yeah, they've got it. They've, they've, they, we, I think, empower them to see more than that so yeah um, I know a lot of
0: other teachers get afraid that the students won't take the thing seriously if they don't think it (laughs) counts for anything and I know I mean actually some won't and my view on that is the only way to learn to take things seriously if you don't have the internal drive to do so is to not take it seriously like you don't want to (laughs) fail and see what See what that yeah. does. See you see where that completely. takes you. You yeah. know, like I, I think that's a, that's actually the, the student's business. I don't think it's our job to try and provide them with essentially what we have to admit are fake motivations to do something Mm, just because mm. we're concerned that they're not taking it seriously enough.
1: I agree completely. And also, you know, it comes back, we've talked before about motivation and um, they have to learn. They have to learn themselves to be motivated rather than just, you know, to have us preaching in their ears because, you know what, the reality is we're not going to be there Um, every step of their lives to motivate them so they have to figure out what works for them and what drives their desire to achieve so um, yeah I think and the other thing is that well we think
0: what we do is fundamentally important to every (laughs) aspect of the fabric of their lives they're actually entitled to think differently
1: (laughs) oh totally yeah absolutely you know I think yeah I think it's um it's just the whole process is just really important for them to do a bit of grappling with on their own yeah Um, it's not our job to to preach it all to them so yeah and they get there in the end they figure it out and they work with what works for them so um
0: yeah yeah they do so yeah it's going to be an interesting week um I'm going to put a lot of those Significant Connections speeches up on the students' online journals, so I also might put a link to some of those for nice. anyone who's listening to the podcast and wants to have a look at the work that we're talking about. Yep. And I might do the same if you'd like to any of your students who have published yes. their Significant Connections pieces.
1: They're, um, um, they're all on their – my kids have all written theirs on their blog. I'm not sure how yep. many – well, none of them will be public yet, but some of them will choose to make those pieces public um, at yep. the end of the assessment. So absolutely, pop a link up to the blogs and we'll um, – yeah. yeah. Go and have a look if you're interested.
0: Cool. I think that's us.
1: I think so too. I think we need to go and enjoy the rest of our weekend before this week is upon us.
0: Yeah, I think we do. And um,
1: <laughs> uh. <laughs> yes, let's, it's a good noise to sum it all up, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, Yvonne's I- making handmade oh. pasta. i can't wait i'm so excited but because i'm diabetic and shouldn't actually be eating pasta i am going to go for this massive bike ride first to try and make myself you know hypoglycemic and then (laughs) and then then eat pasta then
1: have pasta (laughs) well i'm gonna go we we uh uh, for those for our listeners out there, we, a bit of a thing that my husband and I do together is we renovate caravans, apparently. And um, we just got a new one yesterday.
0: <laughs> so you're <laughs> on so to your gonna, next caravan.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go and play with our caravan layouts. So that's my day, which is going to be awesome.
0: Oh, fantastic. Well, have a good time mm. with your caravan.
1: I will, and I'll see you bright and early tomorrow.
0: No, oh, yes. In fact, <laughs> while I'm while I've got you on the line, um, can you help photocopy tomorrow? Yes. Do you think?
1: Well, I know we...
0: you've, I know you don't have any free periods, but no, I am thinking I might go in a little earlier.
1: I yeah, I I was going to suggest the same to you that maybe we just meet before school and uh, yeah. get some things off because that'll relieve the just the the stress of thinking about having to do it. I just like to get it done.
0: Yeah, good. Okay, well let's uh, let's do that. So I'll see yep. you early. tomorrow tomorrow uh, yes. we can have a coffee and get on with it
1: great brilliant sounds fantastic awesome see you tomorrow okay. bye
0: bye this was an episode of see me after class with renee and chris my twitter handle is at edutronic underscore net
1: and mine is at renee plunkett too
0: see you next week